Earlier this month, OHSU Nursing held a mini-conference called The Marketplace, which was designed to provide nurses with information about the most important issues they face at work and give them a chance to influence changes that affect them and their colleagues. And later, OHSU celebrates the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's Tuesday, January 22nd, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Margaret McDonald sat down with Debbie Eldridge, Nursing Division Director for Quality, Research, and Magnet Recognition, to talk about how the nursing marketplace topics were chosen, what attendees learned, and what happens next. I'm here with Debbie Eldridge. We're talking about the nursing marketplace that was held recently. Debbie, tell us, what was the nursing marketplace? The marketplace was our opportunity to get information out to staff about the priorities that they identified. Recently, we spent time with the staff helping to hone down the most important improvements we need to see. So the marketplace was two sets of breakout sessions where staff members, unit-based practice council nurses, could come and talk with the folks that are leading and facilitating these change initiatives at the organization. Really, it was a place to go shop for information. Go get the information that's most important to you and to your unit. How many people attended? There were probably about 180 people who participated in different sessions of the marketplace, which was really a huge number and three times the number of folks who have been traditionally participating in our shared governance meetings. What is shared governance? We've had unit-based practice chairs who come to a meeting once a month and hear about things that are happening. There wasn't a clear way for staff to prioritize what it was they want to hear about. And so over the past seven months, we've been evolving our shared governance to really give clinical staff nurses more opportunities to make decisions that affect them and to influence decisions that affect them. This is our way to help nurses have accountability and autonomy for their practice. One of the ways I think this happens best is if folks really have the most current state of the science about that topic. So this first marketplace was our opportunity to get a lot of information out to a lot of people so many people could understand how we're currently trying to address issues. So it was actually bedside nurses who voted to choose the topics that would be discussed? Yep, back in August. We ask nurses, where do we need the most attention? What's the most important work? And what's the model that you use to have people bring those ideas up and to vote on them? Well, we've been using dot voting as our strategy for actually doing the voting. And this is where we give people dots and they go put their votes on the things that are most important. Uh, There were 15 that got a lot of votes and we looked at 11 of those at this first marketplace. And then you went out and found the experts to speak on those topics? We did find the institutional folks to facilitate them. Most of those are folks within nursing because these have been nursing issues that we're addressing. But the challenge around worker safety is a great example of something that's bigger than nursing. So we work with public safety and the folks out of the School of Medicine, leaders who are really helping to make improvements in these specific areas and had them facilitate the sessions. So that included giving us a lot of information about what people have been doing and then the dialogue with the attendees to understand what needs to happen next, what is this experience like at your own unit, is this really something that your unit is struggling with, to sort of help understand, do we still need to continue to make improvements here? 
You've mentioned workplace safety. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened in that session? There was a specific session around worker safety slash patient aggression. Um, As OHSU uh, continues to care for complex patients, we have patients with increasing behavioral cognitive needs. These get expressed um, in a range of behaviors from uh, yelling to threatening physical violence to actually hitting. Some of these patients are cognitively impaired. Most of these patients are delirious. We're trying as an institution to understand how can we create an environment that provides the safest care for our staff as well as our patients. So how did the discussion go? That was a group uh, where they reviewed um, some work we've been doing with Code Green, which is our new uh, sort of emergent response to address folks that are having an escalating behavioral issue. They reviewed some work that the emergency room has done around increasing perception of safety to understand some of the other historical work that's been done. And then we looked at a set of resources that are available to help people. The question of the attendees was, what's happening at your unit and what else do you need in order to take advantage of these resources that we have? And you ran a session yourself, didn't you? I ran uh, one around nurse recognition. Nurse recognition is our way to make sure staff know that we appreciate the work that they do. This is hard work. OHSU has had uh, for many, many years a pretty detailed Nurses Week agenda where we have posters displaying the nurses' improvement, unit-based improvement initiatives. We nominate and select winners of 10 Nurse of the Year categories, so we get to hear these fantastic stories about nurses who are doing community service work or mentoring work. And then uh, one of our other standing initiatives in nurse recognition is awarding the DAISY Award. The DAISY Award is a recognition for a compassionate, caring nurse. It was an award that was started in the early 90s by a family who was affected by a patient who was in the hospital for six or eight weeks before he died, and they wanted to find a way to thank nurses who did extraordinary work every day. Dana Bjarnason the chief nursing executive, she also ran a session, isn't that right? She did. Dana uh, spoke about the data from our culture of safety survey, which we took back in June of 2018, and she spoke about the results of that. What were those results? We've been working really hard in the last couple of years to help make it easier for staff to tell us when things aren't working. In the data sets we collected in 2014 and 2016, people reported that they were concerned about reporting incidents because they might get in trouble or they might get someone else in trouble. What was really the great achievement of the 2018 survey is that we saw wonderful improvements in people reporting events. So we saw success there. So Dana's really was challenging us to think about the places where we didn't see improvement. Relationships between departments and between disciplines was identified as a priority. So the Culture of Safety Steering Committee is going to facilitate a set of educational opportunities and experiences in terms of helping develop team relationships. As a result of the sessions and the conversations that you had, are changes being made? My hope for this first session of the marketplace is that the unit's representatives who were there will take the list of topics back to their groups and sort of check in with the larger constituents about whether we're addressing the most important issues or not. The nurses on 14C have done a really amazing job helping to set behavioral boundaries for patients, so much so that the patient's behaviors have improved enough that patients stay in the hospital long enough to get all of the treatment they need. And all of these outcomes, they come about 
by nurses working together on solutions. All of our outcomes are going to come about when we work together as a team. These problems are too complex for any individual unit, any individual person to really solve. The advantage of the marketplace is really getting that bigger perspective so we can get all of the experts in the room, understand where things are bigger than nursing, and make sure that we get our interprofessional partners to help us. Now that the marketplace is over, how do attendees take this information back to their units and what happens next? That's a great question. We publish a monthly newsletter, and we will be publishing a summary of what happened in all 11 of the marketplace stations in the newsletter. Is this nursing news to peruse? Correct. What would be ideal is if units can look at the information and decide for themselves, is the problem of violence a problem on their unit? Should they make sure they stay in touch with whatever the initiatives are that are coming from that? Are there nurses on their units they want to recognize for Nurses Week? Let's get them nominated for Nurses Week. Are there opportunities to improve team relationships on their units? Then let's get them hooked up with some of the educational opportunities that will be coming with that. The chance for the unit representatives to take the information back to their units and get the larger discussion about how we're solving these important challenges and what we need to continue to make progress. And how often will you be having the marketplace? The marketplace is designed to happen every two months. So when the Nursing Strategic Council meets in a couple of weeks, we'll review the feedback from the marketplace and continue to think about what we want to have at the next marketplace. And so you may see different topics coming up? Absolutely. Now, if I'm a nurse and I want to get involved and and visit the marketplace, how do I get involved? If you're a nurse who wants to get involved in making improvements, we absolutely want to find a way to harness your energy. Oftentimes, the best place to go is to the unit-based chair on your own unit and check in to see what the issues are. How will you know whether the marketplace was a success? There were a lot of people who attended, and there was a lot of energy in the room, and it felt really good. But we'll know this is a success when more units are working on improving the things that everyone thinks is most important. How we align to use our resources on the most important work, that's where we're going to find our success. Well, thanks for joining us today, Debbie. Well, thanks for having me. This is a really great time to be a nurse at OHSU. Last week, an event was held to celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It featured the new president of the Oregon Medical Association, Dr. Fred Williams, as a keynote speaker. Dr. Williams is a physician at Twality Healthcare and the first African-American to be named president of the Oregon Medical Association. The event also included remarks from OHSU President Dr. Danny Jacobs. We are an institution that's committed to improving diversity and promoting inclusion. That's writ large on a grand scale. We're all are not just welcome to the party, but also invited to dance. So what can we do now? I won't pretend to have all the answers, but I think now is the time and we must recommit I believe that if we are focused as never before, we can go further and faster together. How might we do this? By leading through our values and by our actions in support of those values, by dedicating ourselves to promoting and achieving a respectful, healthy, safe, and welcoming place, incorporating diversity in all its forms, to be a refuge and sanctuary in difficult times, as my predecessor, Dr. Robertson, said. I am the great-grandson of a slave. I was born in 1954, 
on the cusp of a momentous time. The civil rights movement had been simmering for years, but beginning in 55, it boiled over. While I was growing up, world-shaking events were occurring in the United States. The country was making a harsh discovery about itself. Dr. King sensed that momentum was building for a change and that change was urgent, and he clarified that. The most profound aspect of his speech is how he stressed that all suffer the failure of the nation to come through on its promises. All of us are brothers and sisters and therefore connected. We are all hurt by hatred and bigotry. Even the perpetrators have their freedoms restricted by it. In this talk, I have presented a success story about brave people who faced up to overwhelming adversity and risked life and limb to make changes. Slavery and Jim Crow laws are behind us now. Thanks to their actions, a robust free press and a discerning public who witnessed the spectacle and thought we could be better, we are the benefactors of an improved blueprint for society. Since evil will never be extinguished in this world and because of the recent uptick in tribalistic trends, our human family should not become complacent. Segregation continues. Bigotry is not dead. Police brutality still occurs. There is still work to be done. How comfortable are any of us to be ourselves, to be who and what we are? The true test of freedom for a society is how much we are able to be who and what we are, to be ourselves. In answer to the question I posed, we do not live dreams, we dream dreams, dreams of a better world for our children, and then we continuously walk in that direction. Thank you. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Margaret McDonald and Tracy Lamb. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.